News Hounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. And welcome to episode 48 of Queen City Nerves News Hounds podcast. I am Ryan Pitkin, and as always, we've got co-host Justin LaFrancois with me. Always, as always. As always. And Justin, we're, we're keeping an eye on a breaking news situation uh, about a CMPD shooting that just occurred uh-huh. as we're recording this. So if Justin has to go... Justin might have to go, but we're going to keep our eye on that. And we have a uh, great guest with us here today. We have Manolo Betancourt here from Manolo's Bakery. What's going on, man? No much, man. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm excited. Happy to be here. I'm excited to chat, man. We first met uh, a few years back, back when I think it was Gary McFadden was running for uh, sheriff. And yep. you hosted a you hosted a, a debate between sheriff um candidates in your bakery um i mean we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to your full story sort of throughout this podcast but how you don't see bakery and and restaurant owners that involved as you are in your community specifically there on the central corridor tell me a little bit about how that has progressed and, and has it always been that way for you well it's my own philosophy of how i do business um to me, business is not about money. Business is about people. Uh, business need to have a social responsibility in the community. And, uh, and so far, so good. It just, I give you like an example. I don't spend money in advertising. I rather spend the money helping a local organization. Mm-hmm. And that has been paying me back very well. Well, we don't believe in that because we need your advertising. So if you could just make an exception. No. I brought you churros. Right. No, he did bring churros and it did. I That's can't my wait way to, to get buy you out. Yeah, as soon as uh, we get done here, I'm going to start snacking. But um, so tell me a little bit about your own story. I mean, from what I understand, you you came here and in 2006 fought your own deportation hearing. Is that true? Deportation no, order? I came to a state in year 2000. Right. And when I came here, I didn't speak any English, so I'm doing a little bit better than 20 years ago. And, yeah, and, a lot better. <laughs> and I just knew how to say the numbers from 1 to 10 and say yes to everything. And with $900 in my pocket. And I had a scholarship to go to college in King College in Bristol, Tennessee. I, but between between those... Those periods of time, I work in restaurants. I was a dishwasher. I work as a painter. I work uh, collecting trash, and and but I was raised under the influence of United States and believing in the American dream. So I knew that that was just the beginning. By year two thousand five, I moved here to to Charlotte. And that's when I got involved in the baking business. The bakery was founded by the grandfathers of my children, my previous wife, my ex-wife, parents, they were the founders. Mm-hmm. And then and then in 2006, I had a deportation order. Mm-hmm. So that's when I knew how broken the American immigration system is. And, and it was tough. 
it was very, very hard. Uh, and I went to hell and then I ended uh, in the paradise. Mm -hmm. So I went to get deported and I became an American citizen. Mm -hmm. And what was that process like for you trying to fight that? Because so many people, you know, don't have the resources or, or just are, if they, did you, who could you turn to, to, to even know what you're supposed to do in that situation in 2006? Well, there's, um, it goes like this. I used to live in Virginia, Tennessee, Virginia, mm -hmm. and I moved to North Carolina. My immigration attorney didn't tell immigration that we switched states. So I missed an appointment. Because I missed the appointment, I had a deportation order. Immigration didn't find me for the appointment, but they found me for the deportation process. Right. And the deportation, it was in federal court in Washington, D.C. So uh, thanks God, man, I was lucky to find a very, very good attorney. And she, John, John Larson, she used to work for immigration. So she knew the system. Mm -hmm. And it took me two years and almost $20,000 to fix the situation. So wow. two years. So that's for being, one missed meeting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so two, two years, man, feeling the fear that my, my people feel. Mm -hmm. On a regular basis. And how much has that played a role? I'm sure you've always had a certain sense of community um, uh, advocacy just because it seems like it's built into your character. But how much did that play a role in, in really inspiring you to stand up for other folks in your community? A, a lot, a lot. But... What more inspired me was, you know, Martin Luther King and all the history that I learned from the United States when I was in high school back in my country. Mm. I knew that in this country you can fight for the rights. And it's the country of the freedom. And it's the country of the liberty. Uh, and, and, and I knew in my heart I had to raise my voice, even though it was very scary, like, when we get into to later on, a few years mm -hmm. later after ICE and Trump. Right. Yeah, and that's sort of when I became more familiar with what you were, with your role uh, here in the community. I'd always known your bakery and things like that, but it was during those raids, and we will come up to the present day because we got you here to talk about this play, <laughs> but this is actually related to the play yeah. because Manolo is starring, uh, he is the surprise star of Migrant X at UNC Charlotte, oh my dipping gosh. his toes into the arts world <laughs> and, and getting into acting, and we're going to get to that for sure. But um, this all leads to that because this is sort of loosely based. From what I understand, uh, this play is loosely based on a story of during these ICE raids, early 2019, um, you know, we had seen the end of 287G in Charlotte, which was sort of a policy that partnered our sheriff's office with ICE to hold people in custody if if ordered to do so by ICE. Sheriff McFadden came in and ended that policy, and it seemed like, you know, some hope for, in terms of local at least, immigration. And then we just saw a sort of a clamp down by ICE coming into communities in Charlotte, around the, around the Carolinas and elsewhere. Um, just sort of doing raids on places of business as well as homes, traffic stops, things like that. Yeah. What was that like for you as such a, already a leader in the community from right there in the central corridor where a lot of this was happening? Um, what was it like to, for you to just sort of see that ramping up just after, the, after this whole 287G thing made people a little bit more, I don't know if you could say, feeling more comfortable in the community and then this, this occurred? What was that like for you? Yeah, it, it, it's just a mix of feelings, too many good feelings and too many bad feelings. Um, 
it was the bakery became a symbol of hope for my immigrant community. And I was so proud of that. Like you seeing like people coming into a bakery and jumping with the kids and the grandma say, just, I feel safe here. I know that you're going to defend me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just I became a, like a Robin Hood kind of hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we became a symbol of rebellion, you know, for the, for the haters, uh, for the people that don't appreciate the immigration, uh, immigrants and people of different colors. And, and so it was, it, it, you became stronger when you know that, that you, that you're following your heart and you're doing the, the right thing for your, for your community. But when you come to the bakery and you find all your employees or your team crying because I speak one of your employees up in the parking lot, that is serious shit, man. Right. They're just, there's, there's a straight attack to me and to my people and to my community. They knew if, they, if we attack, you know, the symbol of hope, we are gonna scare the community. So then, then is when, you know, nobody was showing up to buy bread. And the first thing that you, you had three mixed feelings there. You, you are scared for you and your family. You are scared for your business. Do I'm gonna be losing my business? And you are scared for, for your team, for the people who have been working with you because they think they don't have to be there if they want to. So, so the first thing I did is just, I told them, look, you are free to go. You don't have to follow me. You guys, you don't have to take risks. You don't open your mouth as I do. So nobody left. Everybody stay, man. So that, right. that's a cool feeling. That's a strong leader. They'll build that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then is that day, I think it has been one of the few times in my life that I told uh, these guys, they, they are hitting me hard. They want to shut my mouth. And then... I said, should I shut my mouth? But then I thought, it's too late. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's too late. They already came to your business anyway. Yeah, so I already, that's when I post pictures of how my bakery was, the parking lot empty, my displays full of bread. And and, and I remember telling the community, you care about immigrants, you care about small business, you care about people that looks different. Can and support me. You don't care. You don't have to do anything. And I just live to a most uh, f- a friendly city. Mm. Uh, man, people drove from Raleigh to here. Oh, wow. People from Valentine, from Lake Norman, all kind of people. Like people like, I don't know what a tamal means. Right. But <laughs> give me 10 of those. There's no birthdays <laughs> in my house, but I want a birthday cake. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that's... That support and that demonstration of love from your community, that, that pays you back, man. And, mm-hmm. and I said, I, I am gonna stay here, I'm gonna go to the end, I'm not leaving, I'm not gonna leave Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it sounds like you are convinced that the, they came to target your employee in the parking lot because of the way you had spoken out against some of these immigration policies. They they knew that the biggest targets are Central Avenue, right. South Boulevard, and some ways on North, and some parts of North Tryon. Mm-hmm. So it, I cannot say if they if they can stray for me because they didn't they didn't have the boss to tell me that in my face. Right. I went to a lot of meetings with them and I I have faced them 
And but but it's very obvious. They pick twelve people CBS across the street. Mm-hmm. They pick people up from uh, from the other side of Central Avenue. They pick people up from Value Village. You know, so everything happened around the bakery. Mm-hmm. So it could be a conscience. It could be that they did it straight to to me and what we represent to the community. But but. Yeah, they they hit us bad, mm. and 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 it's not to me, man. You know, because an American citizen, I had the same freedom as you do here. The only difference that I cannot become president of the United States. You too, yes. Right. <laughs> you guys were born here. I wasn't born, but but it's about those ten thousand kids that they lose their father or their mother because they got deported through all those years that Mecklenburg County had agreement with the sheriff. That's no human, man. That's no humanity. Right. Yeah. And that's a part of the play. They says we claim that we have humanity in this country. So it's so far away from humanity. Mm. And I know one thing I was thankful for as a journalist is going to these, you would always show up at press conferences or community rallies or community just meetings, whether it's 10 parents or 10 folks who are scared to know and it's sort of a lesser known thing and they just want to get answers. Manolo is showing up with a spread, <laughs> with a spread of food. And that, that, was, that was the greatest part. Uh, everybody needs a baker who's also a community advocate <laughs> in their community, that's for sure. Uh, you're, you're not going to get far from me, man. Right. <laughs> Um, so tell me a little bit about when you first heard about this play. It's called Migrant X. It's opening at UNC Charlotte on October 2nd. It's sort of a, it's a student production, so mostly students involved in the cast. And, uh, Carlos Alexis Cruz is the, um, director. The playwright is Georgina Escobar, who was, uh, in living in El Paso, was commissioned to write this play. Now... Like I said, this is student production, so usually it's just folks in, who are students who are on cast. As you can read, I just wrote a, a story about this that went up this morning for those listening on Friday. You can check out that has some details about, you know, he brought back some alumni because this has been a long play in the making and folks graduated who were supposed to be there in 2019 when this play started. Um, brought back, or he brought a couple of non-theater department, uh, non-theater majors, which is not usual for a student production. But I think the one out of the box the most was yourself uh, bringing you on. Uh, you spoke to Georgina when she came in 2019 to start this, to, to sort of do research to write this play. So we'll start there in terms of how she got in touch with you and what you all discussed. Well, everything was by accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, that's when the best things happen. Oh, gosh, man. <laughs> it is crazy, uh, but that's, that's my life and God's one's wanted to have it in that way so take it right i can escape from my from what is my destination mm-hmm. uh do you remember y'all's conversation yes, back then? Cause yes it's so much has happened since yes then. yes i do they they were at the bakery having coffee and eating bread i just like whenever i am at the bakery i say hello to all my to all my customers shake hands and we were talking and and i and i told i told her the one of the stories Oh, one of my bakers that he had escaped from his country. He didn't escape to to look for a better future. Mm-hmm. He came to he escaped from his painful past. And I told him what happened with his daughter. Uh, and I told him like a couple of days before, one of my employees, literally, man, she was crying 
at the same time that she was making bread. She, she didn't see her daughter for 10 years and her daughter was picked up by ice the night before. After 10 years, we all seeing her daughter. So she was, that, that, I guess that's what the Bible talk. I'm not a crazy religious guy, but I, did, I guess that's what the Bible talk about the bread of God, man, because mm-hmm. bread represents life and death all the time. Uh, and so she was crying and making bread at the same time. She didn't, she showed what to work. Mm-hmm. So I was telling her all those stories that happened at the bakery. No idea what she was saying. I, I think they mm-hmm. mentioned something that she was doing something at play. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of this year, uh, Professor Cisneros and, and, and Carlos Cruz is their fault. <laughs> 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 they called me and they, hey, we want to have coffee with you. And they showed me <laughs> migrant ex and all this story. And that was crazy touching for me because they didn't forget any details, man. They, they touch all these stories, not just the stories about the bakery, you know, the, the farm workers that I'm very involved with them too, we deliver bread to, a, to their farms. I, absolutely, that's my call on, on the phone. Mm. Uh, and the construction, the dreamers, the DACA, the people that had the refugees, what is happening right now we, at the border with people from Haiti. Two months ago, I was with the, that people back in Colombia because they start walking from Colombia to here. And one month ago, I was at the bus station getting people from Haiti stopping here. Every day with people from from El Paso or from anywhere in the south border, stop here in Charlotte, and many times they don't even have food and they're on their way to New York or Detroit. There's a local organization that helped them here. Uh, and then in that conversation with Professor Cisneros and, and Carlos, they say, by the way, Manolo, we want you to have <laughs> this play. <laughs> you're, you're crazy, man. That's uh, what the first thing I, the, the first thing I said to them, you guys are crazy. Hmm. Uh, did did they have to talk you into it pretty i mean have you had any acting experience even children's plays things that, like that that's what i told them hey look the last time they act is when i was in first grade i did pinocchio okay <laughs> <laughs> were you the were you the lead were you pinocchio <laughs> yeah i was nice. pinocchio so <laughs> that's my only experience mm-hmm. and um and i told them i had to think about it first of all it, it just I don't have that much time in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a divorce father, then I have a junk custody, and in my weeks with my kids, I just, when they're not in school, they're with me. That, uh, no meetings, no work, all that time is for them. So the first thing I had to ask permission to my kids. Second one, I had to talk with my wife and check, uh, we are getting ready to our business time at the bakery how I'm gonna do that. Uh, and, and then, of course, I was gonna be around real actors, right. <laughs> student actors, and I said, I don't wanna make ridiculous there, man, embarrass myself and embarrass my community. And I remember uh, this Colombian movie that is about um, Medellin, I'm from Natal near to Medellin, and Escobar Army. Mm-hmm. Then the director, he, he looked for street people, real hitman, 
and real killers to to act. Oh right, okay. They didn't yeah. have any kind of experience acting. I say, well, these guys were able to do it. I I can mm -hmm. do that, and we it might, adds a truthfulness to the to the performance. And then I say, well, it's my own story, and it's the stories of my bakery, so nah, it's not gonna be that hard. Gosh, man, I was so, it was, <laughs> I was so crazy wrong, man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it has been harder to, very, 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 very hard because uh, I had to memorize the scripts. Uh, and memorizing is not one of my strongest abilities in my life. So almost for a month, every day I wake up like 4.35 in the morning, I stay like two hours every day and then almost every single night in the last three weeks we have been uh, rehearsing and, and learning from how to act, how to move, how mm. to be in one place or other place and what are talk some of those, aloud. And, yeah, what are some of those things that maybe when you said, oh, this will be, you know, this will be easy that you didn't see coming during these rehearsals that you're just like, wow, I didn't know that you have to put so much thought into standing in this spot or things like that. One of the biggest thing is, remember, when I came to this country, I didn't speak any English. Mm. So my, my vocabulary is very, very small. I had 1,200 words in my, in my regular daily basis of talking. And a regular American has almost 200 words. A PhD has like 2,500, 3,000. So uh, so in the scripts, there are a lot of words and they're very hard for me to pronounce. So it took me back when I was learning English how to pronounce many words and project the sound and be loud because if, you know, it's going to be in an open space or so there is no microphones. Uh, and knowing, it's not just knowing your part. You have to know the part of the, mm -hmm. everything that is happening in that time so you can know when you are going to respond. For the cues. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, but it has been, I really enjoyed the challenge. When I had a conversation with my kids, my my son is shy and my daughter sometimes, she's in that dilemma right now. I don't want for people to call me Julia and Julie mm. uh, with uh, dealing with her own identity. And my kids have been dealing with as many immigrants, kids or kids than children or immigrants, we have own identity problems. So and so I'm telling this is is the legacy that I'm leaving to my kids and to the kids of our immigrant community. We need to feel proud of what we do and what we are and what we brought to this country. So it's it, the, the my kids is my and my community the biggest motivation for me to do this. That's awesome. And how that's one of those things that I feel like I'm glad you said because it's one of the reasons that we cover the arts so much is because it stands that's what it stands for. It it helps to to bring, leave that legacy and and paint that picture of of heritage. Uh you have the Rosalia Torres Wiener's uh uh Paint, painting in, in the mural with yeah. the kites on the side of your bakery yeah. as well. I mean, I've seen you in different arts events and involved with uh, artists' works. I mean, how important is that to you to sort of see we're here in Hispanic Heritage Month and people are talking about it a lot, but when you really think about expressing that heritage and, le and 
telling that story and having that message? How important is the arts in that? And especially your newfound, your newfound skill of theater. I mean, that's got to be, it plays a big role. Man, there's uh, too many ways how to answer this, right. this statement that you just made. Uh, first of all, when, when I became the new owner of the bakery, I, I have, going back to the identity crisis, I was thinking, oh, maybe I need to make everything different in the bakery look like more American. Mm. I, so you imagine go to my bakery and look like Panera or Starbucks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought about it. Right. I thought yeah, about changing my see. accent, thought about changing my, my chlorine. I really want to look like more American. And thanks God, I met one of my mentors. Uh, I had two good mentors, uh, Brenda Anderson and Carlos Alum. And my Brenda says, when you start talking from your heart and being yourself, everybody's going to pay attention to you and everybody's going to follow you. So that's when I say, you know, from now on, I'm going to feel more proud than ever about my bread and about what we do and how we act and in the community. Uh, so, and, and, my bread is not against to 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 other right. kind of baking, but we have sixty different kind of breads, and every single bread is made by hand. The only way that you can make a bread like this is you have an artisan's hands. So the biggest representation of art is in my bread, bread that we make every single day by hand. There is no a machine making donuts, they are cutting donuts and, and we took taken to a fryer and there's done machines that they don't need hunt. Mm. Every single bread man, that churro, anything that you buy at the bakery is made by by immigrant hunts. Like that's where I come from. Uh, and then also I said uh I I had a profound admiration for art for artisans from anyone who sings, paints, uh, act, uh, whatever you call it, the, because you guys are very sensitive. You guys are always talking from your heart. You always trying to 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 fight fighting the system. When a lot of people say no to the artist, uh, and even though they follow their dreams, and that's myself. So there's a lot of art. Mm. In, in inside of my heart. And the last part about your statement is, um, I had a dilemma this week. Uh, we, we help a lot the homeless community. And one of the biggest statements from the homeless community is from this particular organization is, everybody help us in, everybody show up for Thanksgiving. I'm giving the, the turkey, the, you put the hat, the gloves, and you feel so proud serving the, the meals to, to the homeless. What about the rest of the year? Right. There's a lot of other you know, days. <laughs> so we're still doing that one day. Why don't you choose one day at the, uh, a month and do that for the community, for the homeless community? So, yes, thank you so much. Thanks, God, and thanks to everybody that recognized the, the the immigrant community and the Latino Hispanic community for this month. But we we are all year long. The same goes for black, black month, LGBTQ. Why do you, we have to set aside a month? Exactly, right. man. You and I, we are all here bringing 
the same air. We share the same water. We're drinking the same water in this city, man. Mm -hmm. We're sharing the same painful loss, or the, and we celebrate when the Panthers win. Right. And why we have to make all these divisions, man? We shouldn't be... It shouldn't exist, these divisions. Mm -hmm. Right, the melting pot is what makes America strong. Exactly. I don't care for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> so why you got to make these divisions, Justin? Sorry, dude. Isn't a division saying that we all care about the Panthers? That, that, that is another point, man. That, that, hey, you, guys, you guys are here in Central Avenue, mm -hmm. uh, and we need to pay attention to what and everything is happening uh, where Islam all used to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because right. That's going to change everything. I now, told right? David Tepper, he went to the bakery, and I'm glad I'm here so I can remember oh, nice. everyone that is paying attention to this. Mm -hmm. He said, I told him, uh, he said, well, uh, uh, he said to me, very nice gentleman, he says, uh, I was told that you have a lot of power in this in Central Avenue, you, I don't have any power, man. The one who has the money here is you. <laughs> uh, you are the, the most of it. You are the one who has the power to do something very good for this community. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash BPA Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. The power to do something very good for this community. Oh, oh, make, oh, make, or oh, screw all of us. That's right. the word that, that, that mm -hmm. told. I said, how is that? He said, you make something for the for the rich and famous in that place. And by the way, remember the city is helping them uh, and the big contractors that are over there. He, he, we are gonna, we, you are not gonna be here in Manolo's Bakery, then you are gonna become, you are gonna visit Panera. Mm -hmm. And I said, no man, I wanna do something for the community, that's why I'm here, why I have all these things working with the community. Well, right now my employees and my customers at the bakery, every single one are complaining because the rents are going up. Very soon, it, it's happening right now what happened here in Plaza Midwood, mm -hmm. man. You know? It's the, just moving it's up just the moving street. down, yeah, yep. further and further. E e e exactly. You know? And one thing is when 
When you have like a Dunkin' Donuts that cannot afford the rent, okay, who cares, man? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But but a bakery that has been in that place for 25 years, man, all the restaurants, uh, La, La Luna, El Pulgarcito, mm. all these businesses, man. Yeah, because David Tepper can attempt to do anything that he wants to like incubate that community, but him bringing that complex to that old site, developing that, is only going to cause all of those parcels of those businesses that you just named to go up for sale to the development vultures that want to be as close to it as possible. Exactly. Uh, and I have called my my friends and the political arena, my political leaders, and uh, and even some reporters. I have told them about this. Uh, oh man, they just like they give me like, yes, Manolo, we we hear you, we hear you, mm -hmm. we hear you. Well, what? But it's such a cool development, right? Oh, and it is not. like that. Something's got to go there. So, what would you like to see? Well, it doesn't be done? have to. <laughs> it's gonna. <laughs> they could leave it empty. Well, yeah, they're not. Gonna. So it's, but it's not. Well, they have they for have twenty years. Yeah, it's not required. Um, but I mean, what what can be done there? What would you like to see? Ideally, some sort of subsidizer subsidize subsidies for Trickling park. Or folks, you know, locally owned businesses, small businesses, look, things like that. Look, uh, let, let me give you a few examples. Mm. There's thousands of families that get, they're making their living every weekend at the, at the flea market. Right, man. yep. You know, there's families that depend just for the money that come from that weekend sales. You know, why these people don't, can? they're entrepreneurs. They're the people who had the balls to go and open a business. Yeah, why don't you go and help them? Mm -hmm. You know, one thing. Oh, another one. I've been in the same place for 25 years, and my landlord, he doesn't want to sell the, the property. He's a smart, you know, don't take me wrong. He's like, oh, I'm making all this money here, and right. the property keeps going up, keeps going up. Why don't you give opportunities to businesses like mine to own your own place over there? Yeah. By the way, talking about art, an opener and instead of calling a gallery art, a gallery dessert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you have the feeling of going to a gallery art, but you are gonna have a bunch of desserts. That is a oh. new chapter that is coming. Is that gonna be a separate year. a separate location? Yeah, it's, that's nice. gonna be a separate location. I was gonna drop that on you in a little bit, because Carlos had sort of <laughs> spread the word to me that you were looking to expand, um, but I wasn't sure exactly what the details and are. I, and I'll give you another thing that I'm doing that I'm crazy and, and Sorry, I'm taking a bunch of this microphone. No, you're good. That's but why we brought that's you in. Literally, yeah. <laughs> that's why we want. That. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, and this coming year we are gonna start opening bakeries and ice cream businesses around the most poorest towns in North Carolina. Ice okay. cream. I, I'm gonna go to the towns where nobody believes, than where the big corporations are not uh, taking the risk to open a business, and I'm gonna go to the main streets. Not to a busy exit, right. no, to a main street. It really breaks my heart, man, driving through North Carolina and seeing all these ghost towns that, that people are living. So when I think of my hometown in Colombia, and I just, I, I can't imagine seeing my hometown dying. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of towns in North Carolina that are dying. So I'm gonna go to the mayor, to the city council, look, local community leaders, and I'm telling them, look, and taking the chance to spend 
money and start businesses here and create jobs, help me. And let's, let's change this reality that we have in America right now. Well, that's awesome. And I really appreciate everything. You're just proactive. That um, reminds me, I have a scoop action. about something. Oh, nice. Okay. It's because of the ice cream talk? <laughs> no, it's because uh, of uh, because him saying that he wants to identify unthriving downtowns uh, to build. Because I thought this yeah. talk of ice cream, many of you Come on, let, let's do something together, man. Yeah. I, the other, the other let's day, open a business together. Oh, here we go. The other, the other day, this uh, uh, very famous uh, North Carolina politician, I, I, I told him, hey, you're... The message that we are getting from your agenda is just too wild, too black, like the old TVs, man. And there is nothing for the meal. And he got so pissed, so mad at me. <laughs> and then he showed up at the bakery. And I show you guys go to my bakery. I have a map of North Carolina. North Carolina has 100 counties. I've been around 65 counties, mm. more than 300 towns. And every single town, I can show you my map. If we drive right now. Which are the poorest towns of North Carolina? They have right that the black dot, the black dot is where are the biggest uh, Latino immigrant communities. The green, the blue dot is where there are more bakeries. The green is where are ice cream shops. So I had draw all around North Carolina, man, and I uh, it's so beautiful, man. No, we have a very beautiful state. Right? I'm going a uh, bakery hopping tomorrow, so I'll stop oh, nice. by. I'm going to Wentworth and Fenn on mm -hmm. my way in, so I might as well just drive past yeah. here and go to your place. Yeah, and yeah. We are just five minutes away. Man. Right. <laughs> are you, um, will it be called Manolo's, these locations? Uh, there is going to be different, there are three different projects. Uh, one one is going to be called Our Bakery. I hate the word I. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest divisions, going back to division, is is iPhone, ID, IDs, and you know, so it, I think the when I whenever I open a bakery in, in a poor town like this, by the way, there isn't there no poor, they don't have money, they don't have just opportunities and the lack of hope and love. But it's gonna be called our. I use a lot of word our. When I was learning English, I had a fight with one of my professors. She called, she says to me that I use a lot the word we. And here in America, we don't use the word we because that's putting us in the same position. Uh, and for many years, I was afraid to use the word we. Mm -hmm. Just lately, in the last few years, after I think about it, I say, <laughs> who gives me the order? Right. <laughs> how, how can I write, man? You know, if I, I use the word we a lot. If you don't like it, it's your problem. It's not my problem, mm -hmm. you know, but we are together in this, man. We are living the same life. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it. And then it's, it brings up a, a thought of mine that I would only bring up because talking to Georgina and, and as a big part of the actual play itself is sort of the use of the word Latinx within the community. And I've, you know, I've spoken to people who are within the community, not just, you know, it's not my space to say whether or not to use it because just as a white guy, but I've heard people within the community itself who like think that's just a, a waste of time to use that word. There's people who think, you know, it's long weighted inclusivity and it goes along a lot longer than, I mean, a lot further than just gender fluid stuff, but to connect people and things like that. I mean, is that something that you have considered more since being in this play? Or? I, I, I'm learning how to use it. Right. Uh, 
it was the first day uh, at the university was quite a shock for me. I I graduated from college in 2004. Right. <laughs> uh, and when we had to introduce ourselves, we need to use the pronouns he, him, how. Yeah, what is going on with this? Right. I was so lost. <laughs> right. Uh, 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 and and then with the with the Latinx um look, I whenever however people feel happy, just do it, you know, if people want to use it, I don't have any problem. Mm -hmm. If people don't want to use it, I understand that. I think we have bigger bigger concerns and bigger things to get to be worried, but it, mm -hmm. it's not something that right. that is gonna take all my time right, and demand yeah, my energy mm -hmm. if should I use it or not, man. Are there other aspects beyond just the uh, what we talked about earlier with like actual theater productions, but just other aspects that come up in the actual play, dialogue, uh, as, I mean, themes and things that have made you think different ways or, or consider things in different ways within Georgina's play that she wrote? Uh, it has been quite interesting talking with the students about sometimes how they feel in the uh, in the uh, university atmosphere. I never thought about like, you know, a university is a place that you think that they're very open minds. I'm very thankful with the university and they are taking these big breaks. Big is huge mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's very real. It's, right. it's not, there's, and that was the first conversation with the students and with the actors. This is not just a creation for somebody's brain. You know, this is the reality what, what our people face and mm -hmm. feel. And most of the the students, they they don't even know about those problems because they were lucky enough that they were born in this country. Right, and they, yeah. they go through childhood with uh, sort of blinders uh, on to uh, it. Exactly, but, but, but then is the Georgina, she, she's a master, man. She, I think she's not forgetting anything about being an immigrant and there's too many different kind of immigrants, you know, people that had to leave their countries because the war, like in my case, I left the Colombian war. I didn't like to be part of the, the conflict. There is people that emigrate because they were lucky to, to get a job in this country. There is people that left for poverty. And, and so don't put everything through the same eye, like, you know, you are all equal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we, we. Everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different story and she covers a lot of stories in the play. And and I invite everybody to go there. And and, and one more thing that I, 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 and I'm, I'm a big fighter for this. When a lot of people say that we are coming here to steal jobs right. and screw the system and take advantage of the system. Let me let me let me tell you something that many that you don't know. Anyone who comes to this country had the opportunity and must, and the system obligate you to 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 get a W seven. We are W seven. You can work anywhere in the country pay social security, Medicaid, unemployment, North Carolina holding, all those things. But because you don't have a social security, you are never gonna get those benefits back. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So there is a lot of hypocrisy in the system. You are you're paying into it. You are paying into, but then you're never going to get. So in these years with the pandemic, that a lot of people have used uh, unemployment benefits. Guess what? A lot, a lot, millions of immigrants around the nation pay for those benefits. Right. And many immigrants who lost their jobs, and because they didn't have social security, they couldn't get be the they benefit get the, yeah. to get the unemployment. Well, I wouldn't call it good news, but the one news on that front is it doesn't look like people my age are going to be getting social security back either. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we will end up equal. And I have another point about mm -hmm. that that people don't think about is... Um, a lot of folks like you, even myself, I just plan to have two kids and a lot of people don't want to have kids. Mm -hmm. Guess what? The only, if we want to have social security, you and I, everybody in this room, the only way that we, ca that we can <laughs> make sure to have those benefits back is if we support an immigration reform because the only one who are having a lot of kids are the immigrants. Mm -hmm. And every day people get elderly, we very health, the more technology. So now we see a lot of people that are 100 years old, 110, 115. Mm -hmm. Guess what, man, who's gonna pay for all the people later on or when Running we get died? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, that's a whole nother podcast in itself, that conversation, because yeah. we're running out of people to take care of the folks as they get older, who sort of have an extended lifespan without an extended quality of life. Um, so just moving forward, I mean, we didn't even mention, man, how you, your co-owner, your partner on this Artisan Gelato in Matthews, right? When did you do that? When did you yeah. start that? Uh, that was last year. Okay. That was last year. I, I met the owner. Uh, I fell in love with, with the potential of that business. Um, so you weren't there from the very beginning? It no, was, okay, no, no, no. Came no. on? Yeah, it came on because <laughs> I, uh, in, a, in a party I met the owner. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he told me, and I'm very picky about diet products, vegan, all those things. I respect everybody that does, everybody that takes those kind of products, but most of the time for me those products don't taste good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But when I would, don't, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, man, you're gonna have a, a Coca Cola and have a real Coca Cola, right. you know, <laughs> just you need to have all that sugar. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I go to this place and I try these gelatos, I couldn't taste the difference between a gelato made from milk and gelato made from coconut milk. Man, this guy was a genius, he's a genius. Uh, so we had an agreement that he was going to be running production and going to be running the business. But then things didn't work well. Mm. Uh, you know, I had different kind of experience running businesses. And so I had to bring an investor. I had an investor, it's not just myself, mm -hmm. and the one who makes the decisions there. Uh, and we bought him out. And now now we, we are having a very good time there. That, nice. We are learning a lot from that, and we are unique, man. We have 100 flavors. Mm -hmm. We are the only place. I need to come down there. Yeah, man. We even have like 10 flavors in the bakery. Mm. And then that's when we are going to, in some places in the nation, we are going to have that concept. And mm. I know like the North Carolina towns, we are taking the regular gelato made with milk. Mm -hmm. And we are going to have like four flavors for people that cannot take uh, milk. Mm -hmm. 
And by it's amazing, man. When you see uh, somebody that says, "Hey, it's my first time ever in my life that I have a gelato because I'm lactose intolerance." So wow, right. you feel good. Expanding nationwide. Oh, I am. Yeah. And I, I, like I say, man, a lot of people don't believe in the American dream. I, mm. I can't hear believing in the American dream. And so far, no bad, man. I can right. win you had, you, I would say not bad for sure. I can win $900 in my pocket. Uh, we are going to, we close almost with $1.2 million. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of sacrifice too. It hasn't been easy, man. Absolutely. I keep my butt so bad. <laughs> And just in terms of, we're sort of hopping around here because uh, we'll go from one topic to the next, but I want to come back a little bit to this, to the Eastland development. Are you optimistic that, you know, you said you've talked to city leaders, you've even talked to David Tepper himself, who's sort of the head honcho of, uh, yeah. of that whole development. Um, are you optimistic that you're going to see folks actually listen and give an ear to how they can help local business leaders in that community as opposed to just bring in whatever biggest thing they can? No, I'm not, man. No. Uh, and let me tell you, I I used to be very involved with the political arena and I run away from that. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. Because, because something happened, man. And it's not we all the politicians, but most of them, they they come to you where they aren't campaigning and they give you all these promises. And then after they get elected, they walk away and they never come back. The same bureaucracy, this, the same hypocrisy happened in the business arena here in the United States. You know, bef- we, before the, the project here, oh gosh, man, every week you have people at the bakery Oh, I want to hear your story. I even drove them around. I introduced them with another businesses. We have all these meetings. I was in pretty much every single meeting with them. And they were, oh, we are hearing you. We are paying attention to you. This is going to be something that is going to involve everybody. Uh, and then we need you there at city council. We need for you to, to support us. I did it. I believe in them. They signed the documents and we we haven't seen them back, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and the only thing that is happening now is the landlords are taking advantage of the poor people, the immigrant people, the people that are not afraid to talk, the people that are in the shadows. Um, you know me, Charlo, know me. I have been here for 15 years and I'm a proactive people and a proactive person. Nobody can say that I'm doing this for my own benefit. And two year, year and a half with the pandemic, I delivered myself more than 10,000 meals every single day. I was in Bank of America. Listen, pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. I was in Bank of America in the building picking up 500 meals every single day. Nobody pays me for that. And... And I was buying that from, I was picking the meals that Compass Group made to support the homeless community and the shelters. Mm-hmm. Why Bank of America gave to Compass Group that big contract instead of giving like the same contract to five different small restaurants? And they pick <laughs> the, the small business owner and he's not getting paid to deliver the meals. I did that with love. Mm-hmm. And I'm so blessed and God pays me back. But those are the things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. I used to be part of the business advisory committee of the city. And the first time 
that was in that meeting, they had Dunkin' Donuts. You, we, I was part of the committee representing the small businesses of, North, of Charlotte, and they were buying Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts from a big corporation. So, so just, please, come on, we need to make sense and things. We need to put things together. You mm -hmm. know, I, it, it just didn't make some, there's many things that don't make sense. And uh, we are not blind, you know, it just like, I want to think that sometimes people do, just don't think that they, they just act, mm -hmm. they, they just react. It's like a reflect. Right. But that's a good point. That's what we're all about here, man. It's, it's considering local, considering local other, over other options. So hopefully, I mean, just keep the work, keep the work going. I mean, you, you've seen it work though, right? In terms of like community activism and politics with the 287G program. Um, I remember the Day Without Immigrants March was just one of the biggest ones I've seen. I've covered uh, uh, absolutely so many marches in this town, and that was just one of the most amazing things I've seen. No, no, and, uh, I I feel so blessed, and and we keep planting seeds, right? And sometimes I get trouble with my wife. She says, "Why you fight so much?" And <laughs> I say, "I I just I I just." Talk from my heart, man. I, I'm never looking to fight anybody, but we have seen a lot of good, proactive, and positive change in the city, uh, and and that's why I always keep that. I then we are gonna. There is always hope because look, uh, we we saw the end of 287G. We saw that was one of my biggest fights many years ago here in Charlotte, and uh, the the parents of immigrant kids they couldn't get into the schools uh, and they couldn't go to field trips and they couldn't be volunteers in the school because they didn't have IDs. That changed in CMS too. And I was part of that change. Um, we, need, we have more proactive sheriff. We have a, a, a progressive and proactive city council. CMS is, is, is tough, but CMS almost- is CMS. <laughs> Well, they had 35,000 kids and English is not their first language. But uh, by, both of my kids are in CMS, man. And I feel proud of, for them being uh, in a public schools. But of course, there's a lot of work that needs to be right. done. And, uh, and, and, and the city, man, is, look at one of the biggest things, airport. Trying mm -hmm. to get to airport. I've been trying to get into airport like three years. Mm -hmm. And... The airport, the airport gets federal money. So 15% of the business inside the airport, they need to be owned by minorities. Mm -hmm. the, our airport here are just 3%. Oh, wow. I had talked with, I don't know how many people over there, man. They said that they're going to call me, that they're going to uh, make a meeting. I have delivered samples. Nothing, man. Right. Nothing. Well, when you get in, finally, bring our newspaper with you because we'd like to get in there too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I will. I will. Um, well, I mean, that's all we have. Uh, I think we covered plenty. <laughs> yeah, we covered a lot for sure. Um, so Manolo's Bakery is on Central Avenue. You see the blue building with the with the kites hanging down. Zelia's art. You know the, the what those guys and those kids represent? Right. The, her lapapa. The Papota yeah. project. Yeah, the the kids are the 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 kids that are here in Charlotte and they lost their parents mm -hmm. by deportation and when they rise the kite, they connect through the skies with right. their parents and another 
place she's, of the world. She does some amazing work just talking about the connection between arts and activism. That's her, her uh, thing is artivism. I, I, I think everybody should do that, man. Yeah. yeah. We had Rosalie and too many good people here in this city, man. We are right. very blessed. Definitely. I agree. And you're one of them. Thank sure. you so very much, Very blessed man. to have you and I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I'll be over by the bakery soon, but for now I got these churros. Hey, please uh, don't 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 judge me too hard, man. When you see me acting, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see that either. That's that's October second to the sixth. And if you want tickets, um, go check out our web. Uh, our website has a story about the uh, about the whole play production on our website right now, qcnerve.com. But thanks for coming on, Manila. Thank it's you so much. I appreciate right, it, guys. And we'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Okay.